This episode of Into the Wild is sponsored by Leica Sport Optics. It's well known and proven that connecting with wildlife and nature can improve your overall well-being. So why would you not want to turn it up a notch by getting to see things even closer and clearer with a set of binoculars? It's what I have done and I've not looked back. I can't recommend enough checking out the range of optics that Leica have to offer. A great range of kit with superb optics and they even have payment plans if you don't have the cash up front. I wouldn't shout about a company on the show that I haven't used or been impressed by, and it's important to me that companies we are partnered with have the same values as Into the Wild, which is why I'm proud to give them five thumbs up. If you want to check out more of Leica's range, then visit their website that can be found in the write-up of this episode. And now, on with the show. Hello everyone and welcome to Into the Wild, your weekly podcast all about wildlife, conservation and nature. I'm your host, Ryan Dalton. Cheers for click and play on the pod. Well, a happy bank holiday to all of you nature nerds out there. I hope it is a nice one. I hope it's sunny where you are. I hope you're going for a lovely walk. Maybe you'll upturn a log to see what invertebrates or amphibians lay underneath. (laughs) Or maybe you're going out with your binoculars to look up in the skies for the feathered variety. Or maybe you'll do a pond dip (laughs) to (laughs) to find more invertebrates or potentially some reptiles. Maybe you'll go wild swimming, maybe you'll hug a tree. But whatever you do on this bank holiday, (laughs) care about and appreciate the natural world. I've not even had a drink. Uh, That's just (laughs) feeling very wholesome today. You know what it was? I had a good eight hours sleep. There we go. Good eight hours sleep after being horrifically hungover yesterday. But I've had a lovely walk on Hampstead Heath this morning. Uh, It was lovely. I found some nice boggy areas where... The Rose Bay was all still in flower, so that was nice in the woodlands to go and see some greenery holding on after the, the drought we've had this year. But I have some news for you all. So here we go. It's about Beyond the Trigger. Beyond the Trigger will be having its London premiere, as I'm sure many of you are aware, on the... I've nearly said the wrong date. On the 8th of September. Thursday, the 8th of September, we are doing our London premiere of Beyond the Trigger. we got a nice big bunch of people coming along to watch it uh, with a Q&A afterwards. And we're in the process of arranging our live YouTube screening. And then we're also going to be doing uh, screenings across universities around the UK. We are also, very excitingly, we've just confirmed this uh, a couple of days ago, that on the 22nd of September, we are doing a screening of Beyond the Trigger back in Namibia, in Windhoek, which I am absolutely over the moon about. Uh, I really wanted to screen it in the country, and it looks like we've got it all sorted. And in a couple of weeks, I'll be going back out to Namibia to show the film. I'm so excited about that. It's, It's amazing. The whole point of Beyond the Trigger was to meet people, talk to people, and then show this film to as many people um, as we can as well. And it's very exciting. So thank you all of you for your support with this. And and I can't wait for you to watch it. Wherever you live in the world, especially the UK, but wherever you are, if you would be interested in hosting a screening of Beyond the Trigger, all you need to do is drop us an email into the wildpod at gmail.com and I'd be over the moon to try and sort something out for you and with you. Anyway, on from that good news, we are now going to move on to 60 second nature news. New listeners, how you doing? Nice to have you here on the pod. 60 Second Nature News is a little segment where I read out four positive nature stories from around the world uh, to do with wildlife conservation and people that work within. Uh, so I've got some, I've got four lovely stories here. But beautiful, beautiful stories. Uh, so here we go. I'm going to take a deep breath, see if I can do this in 60 seconds. Here we go. One, two, three. 
DEFRA in the UK announced that the sale of peat for the use in the amateur gardening sector will be banned by 2024 to protect peatlands, which are huge carbon stores, and the natural environment. The measures announced will contribute to DEFRA's efforts in their ambitious targets of restoring 35,000 hectares of peatlands by 2025. The critically endangered mountain bongo that was reintroduced to Kenya from North America is now breeding in the wild. After an 18-year-long program and a milestone in March 2022 when five of the individuals were released into Kenya's Mawingu Sanctuary, this could be the sign of a few more milestones to come. Land iguanas that have been reintroduced have now bred on Santiago Island. After three years since they were reintroduced, a new generation are now thriving on the island. This program, part of the Land Iguana Project, is not only designed to boost the survival of the species, but also to help restore Santiago's ecological health. And finally, after 97 years of no sightings and feared loss forever, a magnolia species has been rediscovered in Haiti. With pure white flowers and uniquely large leaves, the northern Haiti magnolia was found originally in the forest of Morn... Morn? Morny? Morn, Morn or Morny, Colombo, which has been cleared due to deforestation, but now the discovery of this tree could hold new hope for the potential wilding of Haiti's lost forests, which now only stands at 1%. And that's the end of 60 Second Nature News. Ooh, there we go, that was uh, 60 Second Nature News. Let's, let's move on to today's show, that's why we're all here. We talk about rewilding or wilding all the time. And even in those four little stories I just read out for 60 Second Nature News, there was reintroductions, there's rewilding going on around the world. But really what it comes down to is connecting people back with nature, restoring the natural world and recognising that we are part of that and we need to integrate in that as well. So that leads me nicely onto today's episode that is third from the last. Has that got a title? I don't know. We're coming up to the end of the ones that we <laughs> recorded live at Global Bird Fair. Um, but I spoke to Hannah Needham from Heal Rewilding. It was lovely to get the chance to talk to Hannah about how Heal Rewilding is taking slightly different approaches, um, but ultimately has the same goal as everywhere else, which is restoring nature, like I said, and getting people connected back to the natural world. So sit down, get yourself a coffee or a tea, plug your headphones in if you're in a public space, turn your volume down if you're on the quiet carriage of a train, <laughs> and enjoy this episode, which is Heal Rewilding with Hannah Needham. We're going to go in with us. I think it sucks. You think it sucks? Yeah. Why don't you like coconut water? It tasted really bad. Doesn't Do taste like at all coconut? like doesn't taste at all like coconuts, I don't think. It does taste a no, bitter. No, it tastes a bit like coconut. It's the most coconut flavored drink I've ever had. What have I drank then? What did, <laughs> what did you drink? You drink pond water. It must have been just brine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no way, I'm thinking of olive water. <laughs> a guy came up to me earlier. There's a really nice art stand. Yes. And he, guy came up to me, I've never met him in my life, with, with, with like a card with Pond Wildlife on oh, it. Oh, right. And he just said, he said, you could send that to somebody and just write inside, you are Pond Wildlife. Wouldn't that really annoy them? Wouldn't that be so rude? That is the strangest sales Isn't it? technique it's, I've ever It doesn't heard. work there. That sounds intense. Just like, oh, I'm leaning in. Just someone's like dad or something. That's <laughs> why so I'm getting really passionate about it. It's just like... What did I you say back? Just very politely went, yeah, you could, couldn't you? But then I started saying, oh, well, because all of my friends love nature and we're nerds, if someone sent me a card that yeah, said you are it. pond wildlife, I'd take it as a compliment. Yeah, absolutely. I'd get on a shirt. And he didn't know quite what to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the podcast? 
No. Well, is it? Yeah. No, we're talking. Oh no. We'll we'll pick the natural start. We've already started and we've gone completely (laughs) off east already. (laughs) Hannah, welcome to Into the Wild podcast. How are you? I'm great, thanks. I'm very, very warm, but thank you for having me. It is warm. Now you're the only guest thus far that has actually been working. So what's that been like? Have you been to Bird Fair before? Never. Okay, so what's it been like being here and also working here? So we didn't know what to expect. And this is actually Heels' first ever like public kind of exhibition. That's exciting. So we launched right at the beginning of the pandemic, meaning that we didn't get out and about to see anybody. So we've done talks, but they've always been our supporters. So this is our first time getting in somebody else's space and trying to bring them over to us. So we've created a festival hangout We've got beanbag chairs. You do. We've got um, a lovely little roof, and it's kind of like it, we tried to make it look like a tent. It's kind of got a bit you of a. You did go with that, but I had to yeah, duck to get in it. So a mini Glastonbury vibe. It wasn't yeah. the best for people of your height. But there I aren't many in. people of your height here. So <laughs> it's, not <a> <laughs> it's not been a worry across the, across the no. weekends. <laughs> no. But it's quite good, apart from the fact that the beanbag chairs, which I love because they're bright purple on brand, are quite low down. So most people come over and they say, that looks really fun. But if I get in there, I won't get get back up up again. So we only get the brave ones that come in the back. So it's for young people only? (laughs) No, no. Our trustees, who aren't very young, have given it a real good go. They've plonking themselves down in there and they're doing just fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we should start with, actually, I've jumped ahead here because we need to get people clued up of who you are. Oh, yeah. So do you want to tell everyone who you are and what you do? Well, my name is Hannah Needham. I am a biologist turned rewilder lab biologist turned rewilder. So I had too much time indoors in a basement, realised that I needed to be outdoors, saving animals, saving the planet. That was, that was my niche. Um, had to volunteer like crazy to get there, but I did it. Um, and I met my team two a bit years ago, who were in the planning stages for launching a national rewilding charity. So when they said this to me at first, I thought, oh my goodness, that is one <laughs> hell of an aim. And it also, big. <laughs> it's about £5 million per site that we need to raise. So that's for a 500-acre plot. And the long-term aim is one site in every English county. So that's quite a lot of money. Quite a lot of land. So it's pretty ambitious. It's quite a lot of land. It's quite a lot of money. But we're going to do it. So don't worry about that. Okay, so you, you are biologist turned into... Uh, so what's your role at Hillary Wilding? Everything. Everything. You yes. just are here on the As you sit there in the t-shirt, you are. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. So I am the only full-time member of staff. Right. And then there is Alice, who's our part-time admin assistant. Yep. And then Jan, who founded Heal, is the chair of trustees, and she works full-time as well, but unpaid. Right. So between us, we do everything. Cool. Okay. Which means I have to do comms, marketing, fundraising, events, everything. It's great. It's a lot. I love it. Do you love it? Yeah. So you're a fast pacer. Yes. Yes, okay, that's good. <laughs> natural world, you love it, obviously, because you've gone into this. Mm-hmm. What's your favourite thing about the natural world? Well, the reason I got into nature after kind of a career of... Well, I thought I was heading into the pharmaceutical industry, I was doing lab biology, I really liked cell biology, molecular biology. But then I found the corporate world and everything so stressful that I used to run away. I was at Imperial College and I used to run away and I used to escape to Wandsworth Common and sit by the pond yeah. where all the baby coots were. So my favourite thing about the natural world is the ability to just allow me to escape real life. It's baby my co- favourite thing they, is baby coots. It, that's true. They are, they are my favourite bird, actually. Also, the best noise. <laughs> they are, exactly. Coots make the best noise. I find it funny because like, when they feel threatened, they really go for it. They've got so much attitude, but the noise they make... 
is like like a 1980s car horn. So they'll go at a goose like, yeah, come on then. <laughs> like that's their noise. But when the, the babies pitch. are like little fluff balls. Yes. And they have, they seem to not realise that they're completely vulnerable. So they are going around making so much noise, basically advertising themselves. They might as well be yeah. saying, please eat me. And they just don't even notice. So I used to go and sit there and I was completely mesmerised by these tiny little babies yeah, yeah. that were completely fearless. And that's basically how I eventually got into rewilding, was by watching baby coots. Coots are the gateway animal that's for it. rewilding, yeah, yeah, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that is your favourite, sorry, your favourite thing then is, because you said you went down to connect, so what was your favourite thing about the natural world? Just helping me escape. Helping you escape, yeah. okay, that's nice. Yeah. Do you still use that now? Do you still have to, or do you find being in the rewilding world, you, you, you need that escape less? I've just moved to the sea, so now I you escape have. to the beach, which is the natural world. It so is. I still escape all the time, yeah. What's it like being near the coast? Oh, it's lovely. I never thought I would be a coast person. No. I never really liked the whole British seaside, everybody oh God, getting there. I don't like sandals. I have a bit of a fear of sandals. They scare me. But wearing them or just seeing them? Wearing them or just seeing them. Oh, both. Both? We've gone really off piece. But, yeah, we will. Um, beaches, I never thought like the seaside vibe was my thing. Yeah. And then... I moved there and I love it. Also, I love, I have a bird, a pet bird. Yes, you do. And so I kind of learned bird behaviours from seeing him mm. when he's in a good mood, when he's in a bad mood, whatever. And now I notice that in the girls when they're excited. So I also quite like just sitting there and watching oh, the girls Oh, that's all nice. The time. Yeah. You found a new nature connection. That's it, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Um, right, let's talk about Hill Rewilding. Yeah. It makes sense to do so because <laughs> that's where you're from and that's you the t shirt you're wearing. Yeah. Um, tell us about what the organisation is. What does it do? So we've been fundraising for two years to buy land. Mm -hmm. So we want to become a rewilding landowner and we want to become a national rewilding landowner. So the long-term vision is to create a rewilding site in every county so that no matter where you live in the UK, you have got a rewilding site nearby. Because right. rewilding is cool. Everyone knows, well, maybe not everyone, but I, I think it's personally very cool. Yeah. But a lot of people come to us and they've read Wilding by Isabella Tree or they've read Feral by George Monbiot, or they've read Rebirding by Ben MacDonald, and they read it and they are completely in awe. They love it, they think, wow, this makes so much sense, this is transformational, I want to do that. How can I do that? And that's where they hit a wall, because how can you do it unless you have several millions of pounds to buy your own bit of land? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It becomes really tricky. Unless you have that hedge fund, where's that coming from? And then there's this whole kind of movement of like, oh, you can do it in your garden, but you can't really create NEP in your garden, can you? It's no. not quite possible. Some people can, but not the everyday person. <laughs> and also lots of people don't have gardens. Yeah, exactly. Or balconies yeah. or patios. So that's essentially what HEAL is for, is connecting all of those people that feel a love for something and want to do it, but can't do it on their own. Okay. Yeah. And so what, so doing every county, is, it, is this one of the goals? What are the other goals for Hill with doing that? It's uh, building a rewilding community, really. Okay, cool. Yeah, So exactly. are you using people at the heart of that? So when you say buying land, mm. where's that land coming from? Is this land that's already available? Is this land that's being, are you working with people that own the land already? Or is it community based as in getting them into club together? Yeah, to so we're, we're currently looking for our first bit of land anywhere between Somerset and Kent. So we're starting right. in the south because that's where the team are based. It just makes it easier. And then we're going to go into the north and then it's sort of one county at a time, take over right. the whole of England, you know, that's, yes. the, that's the plan. Take over yeah, the whole exactly, of England, exactly. William the Conqueror style. Yeah. And um, we have a land agent who is, who for the last two years has been looking for land for us. 
So he knows exactly what size of land we want. I mean, he knows that we need buildings so that we can convert them for accommodation and for courses. So there's some very specific right, things that okay. we need in order to make the business model work. Okay. Because we can't rely on grants and foundations. That, that's, not, that's not sustainable. So we need to be, you know, self-sufficient. So we're looking for land with his help. A lot of land is sold to people that know each other, never comes on the market, which does make it tricky. So uh -huh. the more people you know, the more helpful it is. But what our kind of community is doing is volunteering on anything that they have strengths for. So I'm really, really keen to get people to apply whatever talents they have or whatever experience they have and, and you know, plug that into Heal. Yeah, rather yeah. than, because a lot of people think that they have to do it, like retrain to be ecologists. Yeah. And that's not true. It's like, take, take what you're good at, take your strength and plug it into what you love. So we, are, we encourage people to donate money, obviously, to our land fund, but also donate their time or donate their skills. Yeah, so yeah. there's all sorts of different types of donations and different ways that you can help here. Yeah. yeah. And what kind of spaces, you talk about the spaces being, I guess they're going to be specific, but also they might change depending on where you're going, right? In the UK? Or is it going to be the similar model wherever you go? Yeah, so hopefully the, the, the plan is that the, we call it like a blueprint. So yes. we recently got funding from government for the, get this right, natural environment investment readiness fund wow. and that is to create i know i know it's a mouthful <laughs> also called nerf so we'll call it nerf because that's yeah oh my god nerf guns you know carry, carry nerf, yeah, nerf guns yes, i know yes, right that's how so i'm gonna remember when that. we did the announcement we did a me and jan my, my boss did a funny video yeah. and i got nerf guns in there and she's like no 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 not oh nerf god, guns. there's your funding i know hit up nerf gun that's such a good point <laughs> you're welcome i want to i'll give him a call right now Thank you. <laughs> um what's the question <laughs> 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 the, is the blueprint the design for the land that you need going to change That's county it, yeah. to county or is it going to be the same the blueprint that we're creating is for <laughs> it's it's supposed to fit any um any lowland site yes that is we say degraded so we're not going to buy any land that is already biodiverse yeah, yeah because course. that needs special management right so we're looking at about 500 acres of land that is in poor condition in the English lowlands. So our blueprint should fit any site that more or less fits that description. Cool. There's leeway on the size. Yes, yeah, yeah. But the habitats probably are either going to be kind of an arable plot or um, pasture or a mixture of hedgerows and woodland. But the idea is just take some land that is a bit knackered, is a bit lifeless and rewild it, let it breathe, let it yeah. come back to life. And using these in, because a lot of these areas, like you said, because of the community feel of it, are going to be towards an urban area. Do you think that holds more strength for rewilding? Because quite often, if I look at rewilding personally, for me, I kind of always see it as, I might be completely wrong with this, but somewhere happening not near me anyway. So it's always right? quite a distant yeah. away. So yeah. I've got, oh, it's great. It's all happening up in Scotland. Right. I'm in London. Yeah. Like, and I know there are there's some great places. Like, uh, off the top of my head, Ealing Wildlife Group uh, yes. with Sean McCormack's doing some fabulous work. That's amazing, work. yeah. Um, but still, you know, London's a big place. It's not going on near me. So these, yes. the, is the idea here is to bring it closer to people so you can connect more with it. Yeah, exactly. It's about bringing it closer to people. So quite a lot of advocates for rewilding who really want the movement to succeed want it to happen in the Highlands because there aren't very many people there. So there's not as much conflict and the, and the land isn't productive. So you're not going to have to take farmland out of production. So it's kind of a really easy place to do it. It makes a lot of sense. Also, those landscapes are very, very battered. Yeah. No trees. You know, you know the story. Very like yeah, biodiversity. Yeah, so there's an argument for focusing it there, but as you said, right? They they are far away from most of us. So rewilding then starts to become this thing that's for for some people and not for everybody. And not for everyone else, yeah. And that sucks because yeah. how can you get people to 
support you to donate money to vote for green policies if green and rewilding is for somebody else and not you. Yeah. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring rewilding into the lowlands, to urban areas. It's really difficult because the land that comes up that's near urban areas is very expensive. Is it? And it's not often well, yeah, for sale. Of course it is, yeah. Yeah, of course it is. It's easy to reach, right? Yeah. But as, as close as we can get to train stations or to transport links so that people can travel, you know, within an hour to reach Heal, like that would be the absolute dream. This is going to sound mad. I can't believe I'm about to say this. <laughs> Did you know that, and then you properly do, this is such a <laughs> man thing to do. But Man's playing at me. Go yeah, on, I know. Let's I'm do like, it. I'm, do you know what? I'm just going to do it because, like, we, in the past, because of my company, we've looked for land yeah. as well, just small patches. But you can auction land that police seize. Did you know this? That, so pol the, the police seize land off of people. Whoa. And then it's auctioned at a massively lower price. I did not know that. So you would get like, I, I'm not going to say a size, but a fair good patch yeah. of land starting at like 50 grand. Oh, wow. Now, I did not know about that. I'm going to send you that website yeah, because it advertises do. it. And you can also find how people buy houses off this, but houses are seized. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then there's a police auction for it because the yeah. police now have just seized it. It could be anything. Yeah, that's cool. I'm, that's probably unnecessary to bring up on the podcast, but it just came in my brain, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I yeah, thought yeah. I have it's to fine, tell you. It's fine. So it could be a way maybe these urban areas can become more financially accessible. If yeah, sa sadly, we because we have to be so specific about the land that we're yes, going to buy yeah. because our business plan is built around the buildings. Yeah. We can't kind of pursue any bit of land, which is a shame. Um, right. Okay. So we get quite a lot of people who write to us and then they say, um, oh, there's this bit of land at the bottom of my garden. Because sometimes people think we're a fund as well. So they say that there's a bit of land at the bottom of my garden. Can you buy it? Or they send, or we have farmers actually that contact us about their farms. And they've been doing loads of really good work to save nature on their farms. Yeah. And they are worried about the future of their farm. So they're trying to sell their farm to us. Oh my God. And that's quite interesting, isn't it? That people are contacting Heal, which is a new rewarding charity. To, to get involved. Please buy my farm. Or please lease my farm off me. Because they know that we'd look after it. And um, we, of course, we'd love to take that, but often they, they don't have the, the buildings or the facilities that we would need to have people there. Or the accessibility to other people. Which is, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is a massive shame. So, But the appetite for rewilding is definitely is, is out huge. there. Even among farmers. That's, that's really interesting yeah, to hear. Yeah. Um, is there a difference between, or are they connected, conservation and rewilding? Like, is rewilding one thing to wild and restore nature? Do you think that's disconnected from conservation? Hmm, interesting. So we talked about that on the panel today at 11 yes, on the Osprey yeah. stage. Um, so my background is conservation. Mm -hmm. And I kind of gradually came over to rewilding because I was working on habitats, which was really cool, right? So I got my chainsaw license. So this <laughs> kind of like cool. very, very weak person who spent a life behind a desk in London suddenly is out in the forest, like cutting trees down. Yeah. I was like, this is so cool. And then looking after livestock, but was mostly using machinery to change habitats. Yeah. And I kept thinking to myself all the time, like, I wonder why we have to do this. And so I started asking those questions of my managers at, um, at the place I was working. And I was saying, but why do we do it? Yeah. Like an annoying child. But why? But, but why? And then they say, because the management <laughs> plan says, but why? But why? And I just kept asking, kept asking, kept asking. And then um, eventually we ended up having a discussion about, well, there used to be animals that would do this, but they've gone. Right. And I was okay. like, okay, I get this. So there used to be herds of cattle and ponies moving through the landscape, knocking about with the trees, knocking them over, but that doesn't happen anymore. So we have to do it. I was like, okay, that's really cool. Why can't we put them back? And then there's all sorts of silly reasons to do with land ownership. A lot of it, annoyingly, it's vandalism, actually. 
vandalism. Yeah, so I used to have a lot of places that they wanted to graze, but they couldn't because people kept coming and cutting the fences down and letting the, letting the cows what, out. Why? Just local landowner disputes. Oh, very annoying right, so stuff. the conflict side of things. Exactly, yeah. just people Brilliant. being annoyed with other people. So I kind of saw this solution in my head and also from a point of view of we're spending so much time and money yeah. driving and... It's also really emission-heavy driving around, yeah. logging all this like logging all this equipment around. So I was just always thinking, okay, we need, there's a better way to do this. And then I happened by chance to end up at a talk by Isabella Tree, which was probably a very life-changing moment in my life because I saw the videos of the Longhorn Council oh, yeah. and I thought, oh, they get it. Everything I've been thinking about for the last few months, they've, they've it sussed it, it yeah. which is great. So I, I dedicated my life from that point on Amazing. to getting into rewilding. And so I see it as a spectrum. It's like a, it's a blend. Yes. So some people in rewilding want you to do nothing to the land, to completely leave it. And then conservation, obviously, is the other end. It's, it's complete human management. Right. So it's a spectrum. And in rewilding, sometimes what you do need to do is, is go in and intervene because the, the ecosystem isn't always in a, place to in a place that it can recover itself. So it, I see it as a spectrum, yeah. Rewind is conservation. You decide what your site needs. And everybody's threshold for which one it should be is different. And that doesn't bother me because it just the more diversity there is in terms of what people want, there's more diversity on the land. So, well, I think that makes sense so to localise it anyway. I don't like blanket approaches. So it makes sense for me to something like rewilding to be localised and, and relevant to wherever you are. Like what they're doing up in... Scotland is not going to be necessary for what you're going to start doing in Kent. It's, it's got to be different. It's got to be relevant to the natural ecosystem, just like wildlife conservation is different with land management. So that makes complete and sense. And that was Dr. Chris Sandon from the University of Sussex who first introduced that idea to me, was saying, really? okay, but if you want to do it that way and you want to do it that way and you disagree about that, that's a great thing because yeah. that means that your bit of land is going to be different to that person's bit of land. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Why are we squabbling? This no, is no, great. The, the habitat in the UK is not all the same anyway. Exactly. It has different species. It has exactly. different, uh, I can't think of the word, like specialists and stuff like that anyway. So to yeah. bring that kind of back exactly. on a local level. Experimenting is good. Yes. Getting it wrong sometimes so that you can get it right later is good. It's good. Exactly. Um, rewilding has, it's a, it is a word, regardless of anything, it is a word that is has quickly been thrown about Mm, quite a lot yeah. do you do you kind of not worry about that I don't want to project that onto yeah, you but is that yeah. something you kind of like I hope that doesn't happen too much because you don't want to take it away from what you're actually doing yeah I get that so that's I used to be really bothered about that really? so when I was first involved in it yeah what it meant as a word is really special to me because it was really different and it was really new yeah. and I didn't want people to come along and say that rewilding was something it wasn't and over time I've chilled out about it so much because yeah. actually rewilding as a word is so much more about what it resembles and symbolizes for people and it symbolizes hope and sometimes people say that they're rewilding something when really it's conservation or it's habitat management but i don't really care but yeah it doesn't bother me it it's bothers connected. a lot of people yeah, okay. it really does and there is a worry i guess that if if there are projects popping up that are conservation or they're not even conservation sometimes it's just somebody's idea of yeah. what i think would be good on the land i'm going to release this animal i'm going to do this it's not really rewilding or conservation but it gets the rewilding tag that's yes. not good for the movement so yeah. i do worry sometimes about that but generally it's a word that inspires people it's disruptive but in a good way yeah we like a bit of disruption we like a bit of conflict be, right? because it opens Rebel. exactly exactly <laughs> you don't get anywhere in life you don't change systems without a little bit of 
Disruption. Disruption yeah. in the beginning, yeah. I'm going to ask you this question. Rewild or wild? Whatever you want. Whatever you want. It doesn't yeah. matter. Just do it. Yeah. Just crack on with it. Stop arguing about it. Apparently there are two. <laughs> Shut the <laughs> up and crack on. Apparently... <laughs> Ryan, please stop. <laughs> um, apparently there are two groups of academics. I don't know if it's in Britain, but it's in Europe. Somebody told me this the other day. Two different groups mm. who have basically a board who are trying to define academically what rewilding is. Like, I, just, I mean, language is important. But. I know. <laughs> but also, it, rewilding isn't new. It's been in academia for so long. Yeah, yeah. We now need to just go on and do it. Can we stop arguing about what it is and what it isn't and just yeah. go on? Or at least do that along the way. I know. Like, let's not stop and chat about it. Exactly. exactly. The way I define it in my head yeah. is <laughs> rewilders... Like if, if you picture the environment like a house party... The rewilders yeah. are the ones that are a little bit drunker than everyone That's else. That's it, yeah. And that are willing to put the music, turn it right up, and someone will jump out the window into the pool in the garden in That's the summer. It. Yeah. The people that don't like it mm-hmm. are the people that go, can we think about the neighbours, guys? Yeah. Can we just turn the music down a yeah. little bit? That's my view on it. Yeah. And both sides are equally as important. Exactly. So we need fun, but we do need sensibility yes. as well. Yes. So that's my. that's how I measure it yeah no, it also should be <laughs> evidence-based right so yeah, of course i right? love the disruption i love the like people experimenting i yeah, love people yeah. just saying let's just give it a go and see what happens it's great but there are serious risks for example yeah. of introducing a species and not having actually thought about you know yeah, you potential disease yeah. risks or what that might do to the genetics of a you can't population. just boot a so, beaver in the wild you, do you know what i mean uh, <laughs> hey <laughs> no comment <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't just fire them out of cannons everywhere because you know there's there's yeah things exactly <laughs> although we're going to see lots of species coming across to the uk from europe Are because we? of climate change yeah so there's going to be a yeah, lot of species that are going to be over. displaced so that's going to be really interesting natural rewilding exactly oh god should natural we, should rewilding we, should we tweet that hashtag natural rewilding let's really kick things <laughs> yeah, off yeah, yeah. <laughs> we haven't defined it yet um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. we need another five years to fully define it before we can and then by that time all the species have gone extinct for rewilding what's your favorite thing to kind of have, have you got a whether it's a species or a habitat, what do you like bringing back personally to you? What do you like seeing thrive when you rewild a site? Or even if you see it in other oh, sites interesting. as well. I've got mine. What do you, is it, can you rephrase it slightly? Like I can share mine. Okay. I love to bring water areas back. Oh, that's also put, mine. Is it? Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, let's like, just talk about it then. Because yeah, 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 yeah. I love uh, putting ponds in. I love putting water areas in because I yes. think it just benefits, as we know, so much life. It's not just water-based animals. It's everything relies on water so you put it in it just works. well there's a statistic isn't there and who knows statistics whatever but it's 90% of our wetlands have been lost since yeah in, in like the last 100 years yeah. so for me it's actually one of those interesting um, interventions that I'm fully on board with yeah. because wetlands are not going to restore themselves because no, we've made not. it absolutely impossible for them to we've built roads we've straightened our rivers you know there's not yeah. going to be any uh magical oxbow lake formation in our countryside <laughs> anymore is there so that's the one intervention that i'm just like go 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 let's go do, do it. it yeah 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 and what is the best way to do that are you going to say the word is it beaver oh no the, no the word for wetland creation and rewilding i was going to say the best way to do it oh but it's called re-wetting re-wetting yeah no Bit comment yuck, isn't right it? um <laughs> we stop calling it stuff like that i know can, can stop? we stop please um but... oh but yeah sorry beavers are a great way a, a great way to way. do that. We know yes. that. That's been spoken about so yes. much and it's just obvious. Dr. Um, Emily Fairfax for all the best beaver research. There you go. There you go. Hit that up. Mm. <laughs> In America. But it's That's very right. cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It is in America. It is though, America. Right? Yeah. I know you're feeling towards America, <laughs> right, but it is in America. <laughs> um, Don't quote me on that. <laughs> you have a youth uh, hill youth panel. Mm-hmm. Tell us about what that is, why that is, what what is it doing? Yeah, so I was originally brought into Heal to chair the youth panel. Yes. And then I kind of made myself more useful and uh, <laughs> tried to tried to become employed. But originally that was just my role. So the Heal trustees, when they launched, sort of realised, oh, we're all of a similar age. There's not much diversity. Yeah. We need to do something about that. So they brought me in to chair a youth panel and to recruit a youth panel. And hilariously, we just thought, oh, we might struggle to get people. You know, we might have to invite a few people to apply. <laughs> and then when we launched, we had well over 100 people write wow. to say that they wanted to do it. So that was quite difficult, screening down from 100 very, very enthusiastic young people. Absolutely desperate to yeah, do it. Yeah. But we got there in the end. And I made... So the point of the panel is to scrutinise heel. So whatever we do, make sure that the trustees aren't allowed to just do whatever they want and create another organisation right. that does, isn't relevant for young people, yep. that isn't truly thinking about the future, that is just stuck in the old ways. So that's what our youth panel do. Nice. And what I love about our panel is they are very, very diverse. So I deliberately, sorry to everybody that wrote to us to say, I've been a bird of my whole life, I love conservation, but I picked people that weren't, that didn't have that background. Right, no, but because, that makes sense, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm really interested in the people that have had quite a kind of nature poor upbringing and then yeah. something's clicked in their head and they've thought I need to do something about this yeah, or they've yeah. actually had a moment where they've you know they've had a, cri a crisis um, where they just thought I can't ignore the news anymore I can't you know I have to I, when I really I wanted want to, to tap into whatever yeah. happened to them we do have an ecological consultant and a, you know Chantel yes yeah, you know yeah. Chantel, Chantel who works for Wildlife Trust yep. but we also have a management consultant we have a Latin teacher we have people that work for other charities, people that work in finance. So a real nice broad kind of spectrum of people, yeah, which nice. is great. Um, so they meet every quarter and I tell them everything that Heal's been doing and I invite them to contribute, you know, and to give their feedback. And they are so ambitious, which is amazing. And it's so refreshing because it's so easy when you're running an organi organization to just think, oh, that would be good. But you don't even think about some of the things that are possible because it's just immediately too difficult. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but that can't be done. That can't be done. That can't be done. And they challenge us on that. And they're really, really idealistic, but in a good way. Yeah. So you say, who would you like to come and speak at so-and-so event? And they say they want Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> you know? And you just think, great. <laughs> great. We'll get You've on that. You've started up here. <laughs> we'll, we'll level it down a bit, but they're so ambitious. Yeah. And then when it comes to, you know, who will, like the more gritty conversations about like, who would we accept money from? And then so we've had to, like, we do background checks into people, right? So we had to have a really interesting conversation about all the different kind of red flags that we might yeah, see. Yeah. So like, okay, we've well, got this big company here that are interested in giving us money, but their products are wrapped in plastic. And then it's kind of like, okay, what steps do we need them to demonstrate that they're, you know, how are they actually trying to change? And what's the threshold? To be relevant to set the money Exactly. Up and right, so we have okay. these really, really good conversations with the young people and finding out, like, where their threshold is. Nice. And that's great. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Where can people find Heal Rewilding? How can people get involved? So all of our socials are at Heal Rewilding, nice cool. and simple. And there are lots of different ways to get involved. We have quite a big community of online volunteers because we launched in the pandemic. Yeah. Everybody was furloughed. So we got on Slack really quickly. So we have all these different work groups depending on what your interest is. So you could be really good at fundraising. You could be really good at website design. You could be good at socials. Yeah. You, and lots of people who study ecology and conservation doing research for us so mm. whatever your interest is if you have a spare hour a week or a spare hour a month or more you can help Go us do whatever you want if you want to make your own projects great like we 
love that kind of thing. Um, so you can donate time. And even if you don't have, this is something I like to emphasize as well, even if you don't have a particular skill, like some people just like to organize and like to take yeah, part. Yeah, want to just be there. You know? yeah, they just yeah. want to be so, part yeah. of it. And that's great. So if you want to come to one of our events and just help out, like, awesome. We love that. Nice. So there's all sorts of different ways if you want to volunteer. So you can visit our website, which is healrewilding.org.uk and just let us know what you want to do. Nice. And the last question of the podcast, Hannah, is if you could pass on one bit of advice onto everyone on the planet, no Mm. matter how specific or niche, about the natural world, what would you pass on? (laughs) Stumps me. (laughs) I love these big questions. Yeah. It can be as specific. Like, it doesn't have to be generic. It doesn't have to be like, go for a walk every day. It could be make Oh, no, no, I wouldn't do that. It could be specific. I guess it would just be... Just do something. Don't just do, do something. Just, just, do just it. get on. Using the Nike something. slogan. Just do it. Just do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be big. Like, people think that they have to contribute something massive. Yeah. Or they have to give loads of money, or they have to, and you just don't. Even if your contribution is the next time that somebody says, "Oh, isn't rewilding a load of nonsense?" You actually say, "No, I don't think it is." Yeah. Or somebody doesn't know about it. Well, tell them about it. Yeah. Or you know, start to learn your different species. So the next time you see a bee, you can tell somebody. It has. It doesn't have to be big. Yeah. Just do something. You Just don't want to end do up it. in 50 years' time when something you love's gone extinct and you said, well, I didn't do anything about it. Can you imagine? That's a lot of pressure to <laughs> Well, it's a very serious topic, it's, right? It is, right? If the rhino goes, I'm going to go, what the hell did I do? What did I do? <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. Hannah, thank you so much for joining us. It's oh, great to hear about Heal Rewind and see new organisations come up like this um, and to... And put it forward as well. So well done. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's no been a worries. Blast. Are you here for the rest of the weekend as well? Aren't Hell you? yeah. So we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> thank you so much. All right. Thanks again for listening, everyone. If you'd like to keep up to date with the guests that have appeared in today's Into the Wild episode, then you can do so on social media. Their tags are in the write up of this episode. Also, you can follow us on social media at Into the Wild Pod on Twitter and Into the Wild Podcast on Instagram. And if you'd like to get in touch about Into the Wild or ask any questions or suggest any ideas for some episodes, you can email me at intothewildpod at gmail.com. A quick note to say that all the opinions and expressions expressed in today's episode belong to the person that said them and do not represent those opinions held by Into the Wild or anyone that we work with or are affiliated with. Into the Wild always aims to be a free show, however running it is not free. If you'd like to support us and say thanks, then you can do so by buying me a coffee. Our Kofi link is in the write-up of this episode. Until next time, keep well, stay safe and live the good life.